You're listening to the Carboline Tech Service Podcast. I'm Jack Walker, and with me, as always, is the Director of Technical Service. His name is Paul, not Paula, a Jameis. Hey, Paul. Hey, Jack. I'm so thrilled to be back in the office. <laughs> it has been a uh, long and interesting week. You know, it's not enough that we recorded 16 or so podcasts in 48 hours, but here we are again recording for a fourth day in a row. Yeah, yeah. Well, I guess when we're good at it, that's what you gotta do. (laughs) Look at that. I was gonna say cockiness, but... (laughs) So, yeah, we spent the last week up in... Up in... Down in Orlando at Walt Disney World Resort at Codings Plus... Basically, grabbing anybody we could to talk to us on this here thing so that we can bring to you guys just kind of a really good industry overview of the different kinds of people who are out there and the different kinds of people who go to Codings Plus. Yeah, we tried to get a good sampling of some of the different uh, vendors that were there, some of the people who were involved with SSPC, just some of the people involved in the advertising industry, just to give a good overview of here's what you could experience if you come to Codings Plus in the future. Now, Disney World. I had never been. That place is like a military base. Yeah. It's got its own infrastructure. There's like a gazillion people there. I mean, I was on campus for four days straight. The closest thing I saw to a mouse (laughs) was the Michael Jackson guys walking around. Now, I'm being a little mean here. If you've never been to Disney World, like the Walmart greeter of your resort. Yeah. Yeah, they're at all the entrances and exits. And even uh, even at the gift shop, they're, they wear like a puffy Mickey Mouse glove. Yeah. But only on one hand. Well, they only wave with one hand. Yeah, I know, but it's weird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so they, they, and they are all over the place. And so one day I was like, you know, I'm here. I should at least go see the castle I've seen on TV my whole life. And so I asked you, I'm like, how far away is the castle? And you, you're like 20 minutes by bus. And I'm like, oh, I'm not going to go see the castle. <laughs> but like, that's, I was, I was in the resort. Yeah. And I was 20 minutes away from the castle. Oh yeah. It's, it's huge. It really is. So, I mean, I was there, I went down a couple of days early with my family and you know, I was in the ballpark of like 20 or so miles that I walked in those two days. And my wife showed me at the end of her four days and she was near 40 miles that she walked in those four days. It's, it's a, it's a big complex. Yeah. I, I called my wife, you know, to check in and I, I go, this place is insane. And her response was, do you still want to take the boys there? And I was like, Absolutely not. <laughs> I mean, at some point, we're going to bite the bullet and go because the the old boy is a huge Star Wars fan and the, the young one loves all the Disney stuff. You know, he's in that right age. But yep. I like to relax on vacation. Oh, no. You, there's not, you don't relax on that vacation. They also have those, arm, those armbands. Mm-hmm. So you have no way of knowing how much money you spent. I, I, but I have to say, I really did appreciate... Walking around for an entire week, I didn't have a wallet. I didn't have any money with me. I had nothing, and it didn't stop me from anything. And this is truly what they've been promising us was going to happen with all of the chip and pin and all the stuff they've been trying to do with credit cards and yeah, but everything. They, they messed it up. Because well, they did. They still, like, the, the band is way easier than the chip. Yes. Because you just scan it and sign. Yep. With the no, chip. digit. Four-digit pin. Oh, yeah, the four-digit pin. You don't even pin, sign anything. Done. Yeah. With the... 
the chips in your credit card they ask you like a qu- i feel like it's a game show every time yeah. you use that thing there's like a quiz like how many questions are there before <laughs> i could buy something but anyway we we had a great week we learned some stuff ourselves the technology is coming folks i really feel like we're ready for a technological boom in the industrial coding industry it really was the some of the displays that that some of the vendors had at the show just the size and the technology and the intelligence of the equipment that they brought in was just mind-boggling. You know, to, to see these things that will almost operate on their own. And some of the vendors are, are really clever, even down to how their trade show booths were set up. One of the vendors that we talked to, Blast One, and we'll have an episode for you guys later, their designs were sleek all the way down to their booth because they had a robot that they were demonstrating on the back of their booth. But... The, the really cool thing was there was a shipping container in their booth. Yeah, their booth was an orange shipping container. And inside the shipping container was a, a crane-like blast robot that they mm-hmm. were letting people test drive. And on the outside of the shipping container, they had their robot magnetically attached, yep. showing how it works for blasting. And then when they're done, they just close the walls. And they're ready to go. And it's out the door. So it, it gives you... You know, and we said something to that to their uh, head innovative officer, and he he was like, well, "Yeah, that's what we." You know. Right. Like, of he course, was that's like, how like, we like, would. Why do would that. you even say something like that? <laughs> that's I guess brings us to the next point. A, a little programming note here for the Carboline Tech Service Podcast. Over the next couple months, yeah, we're going to be bringing to you all of these interviews that we did. Yep, and it really does, like Paul said, scale the whole gamut. Of the industrial coatings industry. Everybody from the standards creators to the magazine publishers to the blast equipment manufacturers to other additives and ancillary uh, products. Yeah. Yeah. And there's so much going on in the industry. It was really a cool experience. Now, we will probably sprinkle in some of our regular antics throughout these next couple months because also... We're going to reload here at the end of uh, March because we're going to go and do the exact same thing down at the big NACE Expo. And that is... Yeah, we're going to be in Nashville for the NACE convention, Jack. That's uh, the week of March 24th, the 24th through the 29th. And what's our booth number? Booth 1800. Without further ado, let's uh, get one more thing of business out of the way. Paul, how do they get a hold of us? Yeah, you can reach us at technicalservice at carboline.com. Jack's on Twitter at Jack underscore CTSP. I'm on Twitter at Paul underscore CTSP. And don't forget, you can keep using those hashtags of Carboline. um, Podcast. Podcast. You can use SSPC 2019. And I'm going to guess that the next one's going to be NACE 2019. Probably. So our first episode that we recorded was on Tuesday night during the soft open of the floor and we uh drug on our good friend tim holmes who is a carboline sales rep in the alabama area and we decided to talk about some direct metal urethane so here's our interview with tim we roped one of our good friends in. this is what happens when you are one of our regular sales reps who call in and need technical help we make you help us so we've decided to bring tim holmes on who is our alabama sales rep. He is a level three coatings inspector through NACE. And uh, we're going to talk about direct to metal urethanes. Hey, Tim, how's it going? Doing well, guys. How are you? We're doing good. 
This is really weird right now. I feel like the third wheel because I'm sitting in the middle of three guys in a line, and I've got them on both sides of me as I try and to go back and forth. You're a wee little man. Yeah, I, my stool keeps dropping lower and lower. It's on like me. got the bouncies going. Yeah, you're pulling it off. <laughs> Sonia, that's, that's because that's that's who I am. I pull it off. Exactly. <laughs> Direct to metal urethanes. Tim, when we asked you to come on the show, this is the topic that you wanted to talk about. So let's talk about some of the advantages that a direct-to-metal urethane will bring a industrial coatings project. So for me, I deal a lot with fabrication and fabricators. And so a direct-to-metal urethane provides a high degree of throughput. It is a UV-resistant and stable coating, so it's something that looks good long-term, but can be done pretty quickly and, if need be, in a single coat. And that really is the key. With, when you're talking about direct-to-metal urethanes, the speed of getting it through a system and maintaining to be able to do it in one coat, still being able to provide some corrosion protection, but really having that color and gloss retention that these guys are all looking for when they make these tanks. They want them to look good. And the tanks are normally what we were talking about. What they're looking to be able to do is, is to create something as quickly as possible that still provides some protection. And frequently we're looking at over-the-road trailers and tanks, the bottom of trailers, the outsides. So it's these things that get seen, they get brought to a construction site. They don't really get much direct abuse, but they get a lot of indirect abuse. Mud gets thrown on them, they get driven down the road, salt and spray. So it, it needs some durability. And high-build direct-to-metal urethanes really are the key. And I think that's the key is that it's a high-build system. We use it a lot with uh, handrail you yeah. know, because it's a, we use it in a duplex system where we've got a zinc either as a galvanized uh, substrate, hot-dip galvanized, or we use 859, which now we're talking about a two-coat system. But there's a lot of variability and option when you're comfortable with that system. That's funny. I didn't know that we coated the big Legos here at Carbon. Duplo? <laughs> Oh, do we do. We do. The big ones. We go big or can, go home, guys. Can you, so. can you tell who has the small children at home? Yeah, right. So one of the great things about direct-to-metal urethanes is, is a lot of times you're going to use it in a system where you want to do one coat, but you know you want to step up your UV resistance as opposed to an alkyd or an acrylic. You want to get that really good long-term UV resistance. Absolutely. Yeah. And again, you know, we've touched on it as well. Throughput. If you look at a one-coat alkyd system, that will grind a shop to a halt. This is something that's fast. It looks really good. It has great UV resistance and durability. It's a great option when the situation warrants. Well, another thing that's great about it, too, is on, on top of having its own fast curing schedule, there are additives that you can add to it to make it go even faster. Or if you have the capabilities in your shop, you can force cure these coatings and get your throughput down to a matter of hours. It really does. And some of them you can get into an oven in minutes. And then you're looking at something that you can have packed with cribbage and you can have it all ready to go. And, and it's ready to go in a couple of hours. You can have it out of your shop and on its way to its customer. We also, when necessary, we can add additives so that we can have cold weather curing capabilities. Exactly. I mean, all the way down to 20 degrees if need be. Yeah. It, it slows down, but it, it'll keep curing. How often do you have to worry about 20 degrees? Well, in Alabama, that's, a, that's not as often as you guys if, do in St. Louis. If it's 20 <laughs> degrees in Alabama, nobody is at work because they're all stuck on a highway somewhere, spending the night with their boss in the truck. Wait, true story. Waiting to get home. That's absolutely a true story. I've done that. But not only are they uh, are they not working, but they're at the supermarket buying all the milk and bread that is available. The French toast. I, I don't milk, know what, I don't know what people eggs. do with this. No, milk, I, bread, and eggs. It's I, French toast. I guess so. Yeah. So I have to say, you know, I, I lived in New Orleans for 
eight years, seven years. And when a hurricane would be coming, it wasn't bread and milk were the first things that were gone from the grocery store. The beer aisle was empty. Well, we all know everybody does a little bit things different down <laughs> in New Orleans. We, we like to call that the Cajun influence. Yeah, yes, yeah. yes it is. All right, Tim. So I guess the long and short of it is truly that direct-to-metal urethanes being high-build, fast-dry, you can get them out of your shop faster, it really does add value to what the customer is able to do. Absolutely. It's another uh, arrow in our quiver to help make them more productive and more profitable. And, and honestly, we're fortunate to have salesmen like Tim who understand that and are able to bring that to the customers and show them that advantage to say, hey, here's a product that I think is going to fill every need that you have for what you're trying to do, and maybe we can save you a little money along the way. Absolutely. So to sum it up, in a world where time is money, it can save you both time and money. And on that note... And on that note, we're going to end our first live broadcast here from the SSPC Codings Plus. In our- All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. For Jack, Paul, and Tim, we'll see you next Monday. Who put the light?